That smooth Christian jazz you're hearing means you've tuned in to Same Old Song, the lectionary podcast of Mockingbird Ministries. I'm your co-host, Aaron Zimmerman. I'll be joined by Jacob Smith as each week we break down the lectionary readings for the upcoming Sunday to give you something to think about, and if you're a preacher, to give you something to preach about, and no matter who you are, to give you a connection to the never-changing message of God's grace for actual people like you. Unzip that monogrammed faux leather Bible carrying case and cover, pull up a chair, and let's dig in. Well, Jake, here we are with 13 more stretch. shopping days, 13, well, 12 more shopping days until Christmas, so do it now, mm. people, so you don't have to give your beloved an e-gift card. Which is the worst. Like, an actual gift card is pretty bad. But the e-gift card, which means you, like, forgot until the last moment and you just had to... You printed out the email and you gave it to him. You said, look, here's a code I got for you. You can buy some stuff. Praise the Lord. I just tell everybody to calm down. Calm down and say you're a real Christian and you don't really start celebrating Christmas until after the December 25th. That's right. The 12 days of Christmas. So. Mm-hmm. So just That's tell right. everybody, settle down, be like, I'm I'm a card-carrying member of the uh, Advent police, and I don't do yep. anything. You know, just let that be your excuse, and people will comment at how pious you are, and they will give you a pass. That's what I always do. Every year, I tell my sister, I'm like, listen, I'm, you know, I'm a, I'm, I take this very serious. Your kids will get their presents on, like, the 7th of <laughs> January. Uh well, that's after Epiphany, so that might be a little bit too but late. But it's still but, technically, you know. Yeah, no, it's, it's, you know, it's the season. The yeah, Chris, you know, Christmas if you were died. a real Christian, you'd leave your tree up for 40 days after Christmas until uh, until the presentation, you know? And there it is. Yeah. But no one's no one's really doing Song it of Simeon in the temple. Yeah, uh, that is true. And, you know, or you could tell people that you um, follow the Latin American custom of presents on Epiphany. <laughs> You know, yeah, that gives you to January right. 6th. You're it's a little cultural appropriation, so, but anyway. I am, so I can do it. The rest of you <laughs> white people, not so much. Hands off Back my culture. Off. Go watch Coco one more time. See if you can learn something. <laughs> All right. Jake is just, Jake is <laughs> chuckling. That, the yeah, silent Jake wrong. laugh. I love it. He's like, that'll get new listeners. That's so, right. Anyway, that's right. <laughs> Again, destroying our career one episode at a time. One episode All right. at a time. Do you remember when you said in episode 222? <laughs> Read the transcript. All right. Let's get into it. So it is Advent 4. Uh, at least that's what we're getting ready for. We're going to continue with reading through the these passages from Isaiah with these messianic properties. Um, we're going to also, again, jump into the book of Romans. We're jumping all over, going back to the very beginning of Romans right now. And um, then we spinning. have... And then finally, we do get a reading that's actually about the Christmas story. Took you forever, church. But now on the fourth Sunday of Advent, we do get a reading that's about the birth of Jesus, Matthew mm. 1, 18 through 25. Uh, so let's, let's begin. Let's begin with the Old Testament, Isaiah 7, 10 through 16. The Lord is speaking to Ahaz, tells Ahaz to ask any question you want, any question at all. Go ahead, try me. I'll give you one just free pass. And Ahaz says, I'm not going to ask. I don't want to test God. And then Isaiah responds and says, Ooh, nope, look, you can ask a thing. And we get this uh, verse uh, 14, which is this 
prophecy that we'll, we'll, we'll see again in the Matthew reading. But this is where it comes from. The Lord himself will give you a sign. Look, the young woman is with child and she'll bear a son and she'll name him Emmanuel, which we know means God with us. Now, this passage in Isaiah 7, Ahaz probably did not think that this was a messianic prophecy um, because Isaiah is just saying to Ahaz, look, the young woman, meaning, and the young woman is, it's a word, meaning maiden, meaning unmarried woman. So it does mean virgin, because in those understandings, if you were a young woman, meaning an unmarried woman, you were, by definition, a virgin, because you only were not a virgin after you got married. So it's uh, saying, it doesn't specify who the woman is, it just says that there's this woman who's going to have a child, and she'll have a son, and she'll name him God with us. And so Ahaz, again, probably did not think this was a messianic prophecy. It's only much later, the the divinely inspired gospel writers, and particularly Matthew here, looks back in the light of Christ and says, aha, while this was a passage about somebody in Isaiah's day uh, who had a child, this is also a passage that's looking ahead. Um, it's an arrow pointing to Christ. So, uh, if you were going to say something about this passage, it is, you know, maybe... If you felt like you wanted to preach on it, um, you could talk about how sometimes God speaks, but we don't really understand what God is saying. We misunderstand things, but it doesn't mm -hmm. mean he's not working. I don't know. But it's not, I, I will say, it is not the most preachable passage. It is not a, it's not, um, not one that's easy to hit out of the park. Unless you want to correct me, Jake, and just knock the no, cover off this the ball is right a, now. No, this is a very uh, difficult passage to preach on, uh, because what's happening here is so... Um, so you have Ahaz, and he is—he's uh, an unfaithful king, um, and as most of the kings of the Old Testament were, and um, and so when uh, Yahweh says, you know, ask me for a sign, uh, you know, uh, um, well, he's been consulting signs all over the place. He's been, as the as the old song goes, looking for love in all the wrong places, <laughs> and uh, he's actually talking about making a peace treaty with Assyria, you know, and putting his trust in Assyria. And so uh, this kind of um, this statement uh, from the prophet, uh, you know, uh, will the Lord ask, asks a sign of the Lord your God and let it be, you know, I will not because he's he's familiar enough with the scriptures. So this would have been like Deuteronomy 6, do not put the Lord your God to the test. But, you know, God knows better and he knows that this is a false sense of piety. And so um, uh, destruction is coming. Uh, death is coming, and that that's that true is a word. That's a true word for all of us as well. I mean, if you're going to preach in this passage, you need to preach. I mean, death is coming for us all. None of us, as the old saying goes, gets out of here alive. That's and right. so, but but um, but throughout, God is always, especially in the Old Testament, um, as signs of the new covenant. He was always giving signs. You know what I mean? Like the rainbow. Um, you know the uh, ram in the thicket. Um, you know, uh, um, there's all sorts of, you know, these things that are happening. And so uh, that, that point to God's grace and his mercy. And uh, this is the sign that the Lord will give, um, the ultimate, ultimate sign that uh, indeed, as you said rightly, a virgin uh, 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 is with child and she'll bear a son. And But he's, his name's not Hank. You know, yeah. his name's not, you know, uh, you know, George or anything like that. His name is Emmanuel. And... Um, and uh, he's going to be uh, the child who knows how to refuse evil, the only one who's mm. ever known what it is to totally refuse evil and choose the good, the one with truly free will to do what is right in the Lord's eyes. And so um, uh, uh, 
So this is, this is the promise, and this is what they're all to look for, and this is what's fulfilled in our reading from Matthew today. So if I was to preach on this, I would say, you know, um, uh, death is coming for us all, just like it was coming for Israel. Um, uh, God has not abandoned you, and instead he's given you the ultimate sign, which is his son, Jesus, that uh, death, you will be delivered from it, and it shall not have the final say. So it's a very, I mean, if you wanted to just drop a real heavy sermon right before Christmas, that's the way it would go. All right. Well, uh, moving mm, on to Romans it. one, a little Ooh. short passage one through seven, where it's, but we... it's not it's not a, it's not without a, it's uh, it's it, this one through seven is power packed. Well, uh, yeah. So let's get into it. So Paul is beginning this letter to the church in Rome. He's never met them. He's never hasn't been there yet. But he's hope hopefully trying to come, and he wants to to introduce himself and kind of prepare them. And he writes this really incredible theological treatise in this letter because he's dealing always with people who are Paul haters and who are trying to undermine his ministry. So he people who want to bring the law back in, people mm-hmm. who want to make Christians uh, follow all these rules um, about uh, what they eat and all kinds of things. And so he's trying to proclaim the gospel. And so he's mm-hmm. saying that this message, I was called to be an apostle and I was set apart to keep with this message, but this message is not a new message. I know it's controversial, but it's not new. It was promised beforehand through the prophets. It's the gospel about his son. It talks about him being descended from David, but the son of God through the power of the Holy Spirit, and he rose from the dead. And the point of all this is to bring grace um, among all nations, including the Gentiles, and also you, Romans, who are called to... Um, belong to Jesus. So why is this an Advent reading? What does this have to do with the tiny little baby Jesus? Jake, what do you want to say about this power-packed Voltron, all the powers coming together, making a giant robot passage? Well, Advent hinges on the idea of uh, Jesus' first coming. And if his uh, uh, first coming has happened, well, then uh, his second coming will happen. And so, but um, the first coming isn't just some random thought. This is why, you know, it wasn't like God as so oftentimes is misunderstood that Jesus was like, hmm, plan B. Oh, they couldn't get it right through the Old Testament. They couldn't follow this. So let's give them plan B, Jesus. And so why this is an Advent reading is because it's always been Jesus, plan A from the beginning. And this is what you get in St. Paul's introduction to the Romans. It begins with, uh, he's, he's servant of Jesus and not Jesus Smith. Christ is, Christ is not his last name. This is his messianic title. And uh, so what Paul is, is linking him to is to this long, come thou long expected Jesus born to set uh, mankind free. You know what I mean? So he's a servant of this Messiah of Israel, um, and he's called, he's a sent out one for the purpose of the gospel of God. Now, the gospel of God is very important because the gospel is the euangelion. This was the message that would have gone out from the Caesars of Rome to tell everybody that Rome was victorious, and now you're a Roman citizen or a Roman slave, and you can pay taxes to Rome. But the gospel of God is something different. The good news of this king is and by the way, which, uh, yeah, like you said, he didn't come up with. This is never, this is why it's plan A and part of Advent, because it's part of the Advent plan. He promised through Holy Scriptures. All of this stuff, um, this, isn't, this isn't brand new. This is what it's always been. And so this is why it's an Advent reading, is yeah. because this we get to see in these first seven verses, uh, plan A from the beginning. 
And it's interesting, he says the Holy Scriptures, and we might think he means the Bible, but he does not, because the New Testament doesn't yeah. exist as he writes it. So, interesting for Christians always to remember Holy that... Holy Scripture is the Old Testament, yeah. Mm-hmm. That's right, yep. The and, prophets. And I think, you know, the the thing here if um, uh, that I think is, is um, just so powerful and helpful is uh, this way he describes the Christian mission and message like what it is to do is to um to give to bring about the obedience of faith among all the gentiles and that's a big mouthful of long words and maybe sounds a little unfamiliar but what's that saying is the obedience of faith meaning um the kind of fruitful life that comes from someone who's been forgiven, loved, and transformed. That's what obedience of faith is. It's not obedience of duty or obedience of grudging, um, uh, rule following. It's obedience of faith. And to say it's for the Gentiles, this means it's for everybody, not just for Jewish people and not just for Roman people, but really for everybody. The Romans were just as good at dividing up peoples into different categories as everybody else. And so this is sort of a miracle of Christianity, that it is for everybody. There's no ethnic component to it. There's no class or gender component to it. It is for everybody. And he says also including for you Romans. So this is um, something that we get so used to thinking about that, you know, Jesus is for everybody that maybe we don't realize how radical it is, but it was not ever really a thing in Paul's day. Um, Each little group or tribe had their own faith, their own deity, their own religion. And this is um, announcing something new and different. And this was, um, but this was, as you said, planned from from the beginning. So that's Romans 1 and uh, these power packed seven verses. And now we move on to again, finally, um, this last Sunday before Christmas. And by the way, I should note that this year, Christmas is on Sunday. And so people are going to come to church on December 24th for your Christmas Eve service, maybe. Um, they're going to come, but they're probably not going to come on Sunday morning. There's like, you know, 40 people will come to church on Sunday morning, Christmas morning. Um, but this Sunday, December 18th, Advent 4, and Christmas Eve are sort of your two times to really connect with a large number of people, usually. And this is where you have, then, this Christmas story. A lot of our non-denominational churches will make this Sunday, the 18th, really their Christmas Sunday. Like, they're going to do all the things, so it's good that this is the reading. But uh, the things that you can talk about here, um, if you want to connect with people, there's a lot of beautiful things in this story, something about Joseph and Mary and their relationship, and Joseph wanted to save her from some scandal. But I think if I were to pick one thing to preach on is the fact that his name is Jesus, Yeshua, Joshua, really, um, and that he his mission is to save people from their sins. Uh, there's a lot of people that want to make Jesus about other things, and there are lots of other things that Jesus does, and he is about a lot of things, but it can never be divorced from or separated from the fact that there's this giant human problem of sin, of, and I, I just mean the ways that we are um, uh, bent and broken, uh, and um, we're, we are uh, warped timber, as somebody once uh, recently said to me. That's a good um, word. 
and we need to be saved, and we can't save ourselves. And this is just important to note that this identifies the human condition and says that there is then a, a, a help given for that, salvation mm-hmm. given from that, restoration given to that. And so Jesus is here to save people from their sins, and everybody in your pews actually is someone who needs that message. Whether they know it or not, whether they like it or not, whether they want it or not, they do need to know that they mm-hmm. are loved. What would and, you say, Jake? Well, I, I love that, and I would focus on that as well. And I would also, um, if I was to pick just one, I would say, um, uh, well, actually, I'll pick two. Uh, the first is is that the Lord, uh, what, what had been spoken by the Lord through the prophets, so tying that into Romans chapter 1, wasn't plan B. But uh, I would focus in on Jesus' name as well, Emmanuel, God is with us. And uh, this is something also that people desperately need to know. Everything going on, uh, everything they see, everything they hear uh, right now in the world says that um, everything's kind of against them. You know, there's a life is against them. Their parents are against them. Their spouse is against them. Their job is against them. There's a lot of feeling of, you know, just against. I can't seem to get any further. And uh, what this reminds us of, too, is that... um, God is with us. And if God is with us, then that means he's for us. And uh, you have a friend and you have a savior and you have a God in Jesus who's with you and uh, more importantly is also for you. So Emmanuel, I would focus on the meaning of that name. I do love here, there's something that, there are two kind of humorous things to me in this passage. One is the fact that um, the whole reason Joseph hears this from an angel this God-given interpretation of Isaiah in a dream is because he wanted to divorce his uh, his betrothed. He wanted to leave Mary, kind of hang her out to dry, because he because he did not believe that what she was saying could possibly be true. He did not believe that she could be a virgin and be pregnant. Um, so she obviously must have been two-time in him, and she was no good. Uh, mm-hmm. So he thinks he's going to be super nice, and and he'll he you know he will divorce her, separate their relationship, obviously. But but he will do it in a way because he's such a nice guy, not to not bring scandal upon her. So he's not going to tweet about it. Uh, if Twitter still exists, he's not going to put it on Facebook or on the TikTok. No announcements about this. And because of that, in a sense, not getting it or not trusting her. Um, yeah, it takes a miracle for him to by the Holy Spirit. He goes to sleep. And so there's something kind of fun. Like he has to get this angel to give him the scoop and to help him understand that this is what Isaiah was about, even though we didn't, you didn't think about it that way that's what it was about but the other funny thing to me is like you shall name him Emmanuel and then it's like and they named him Jesus it's just sort of I mean obviously Emmanuel they are instructed to name him Jesus that's what the angel says to him you should Mm -hmm. name him Jesus but then quotes this thing about Emmanuel but it's just a way of saying in a sense you know Emmanuel L means God and this is God with us Jesus means God saves so they are names that while they sound very different Emmanuel and Yeshua they um are both different ways of saying the same thing. God is with you is the same essential meaning as God saves you. Um, to be with someone is to be on their behalf. And so, anyways. Um, well, that was, that was, a lot of people don't know this, but that was his full name, Jesus Emmanuel Christ. <laughs> yeah, it's not Jesus H. Christ. It's people Jesus thought, E. People thought they were saying Jesus Emmanuel Christ, and that's where Jesus H. Christ came from. No, it's Jesus E. 
All so. these things you've so you've learned now Jesus's middle name on this episode, and you've also learned how to get out of late giving of Christmas presents, how That's to have right. a religious excuse to make people feel bad for criticizing you for your late Christmas <clears throat> presents. You can Jesus juke them. This is the, the kind of quality programming we bring you week after same, week. Yeah, the same old song. We're not just a lectionary podcast. <laughs> <laughs> we'll also give you Jesus's middle name and uh, tips and tricks for the Christmas season. All right, you know, well, there's like probably some, the, you know, this episode just came across like some fundamentalist guy's desk. Somebody's like, dude, you got to listen to their, they're all right. You know, and then and you're like, <laughs> I knew it. Those Episcopalians. <laughs> Actually, that's what the E stands for. Jesus, Episcopalian, Christ. Yeah. <laughs> we had him first. Uh, so, yeah, and today, um, if, if we do have Somebody once asked our... me that. Somebody once asked me that. They were like, Jake, why are you an Episcopalian? And I was like, because God's an Episcopalian. <laughs> and I felt obliged. So anyway. That's right. That's right. I mean, it's the least I can do. Uh, so this this week, this episode drops, um, obviously, for Advent 4. But very soon, we'll be having your Christmas Eve episode dropping. We'll tell you some things to, to preach for Christmas Eve and Christmas mm. Day. Um, and uh, and how to bake have... a ham. And we're how <laughs> That's right. We're going to include really long, interminable stories like this one. Um, and at the end, we'll include a recipe, like all good recipe blog posts. That's right. It's like the Today Show it used to be about news, but now it's about so much more. So yeah. anyway. <laughs> all right. Well, we should end it right there. I think that's a we good should. place. All right. Well, God bless you all. Stay tuned next week for our ham recipe. And, um, and remember, happy preaching. And may... Our Lord Jesus H. Christ bless you and keep you. <laughs> Somebody's looking, somebody cares. Somebody wonders what you're doing today. You know we crucified him, buried him, but three days later, well, the stone got rolled away. And yes, Thanks for listening to Same Old Song. Hope you found some gospel nuggets for the pulpit or for your life. If you like what you heard, leave a review or rating in Apple Podcasts. Dave Zoll will be sad if you don't. Thanks to TJ Hester for audio production, and remember to keep that Bible by your bedside, ready to rock and roll.